Welcome to The Body Nerd Show, empowering you with the super uncomplicated things you need to know about self-care and movement so that you too can wake up every day pain-free. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and I'm a coach, writer, former yogi, kettlebell devotee, and 100% body nerd. So, are you ready? Let's get nerdy! Welcome back. You're listening to episode 16 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's episode, we are going to get so nerdy about running, and I am so excited for it. If you are training for your first 5K, your first half marathon, your first marathon, or maybe you're just running curious and thinking about giving it a try, today's episode is filled with fantastic advice on how to get faster, on how to get started, and how to stay running injury-free. Today's guest is Jason Fitzgerald of Strength Running. He's a USA track and field certified running coach, the founder and coach at strengthrunning.com, author of 101 Simple Ways to Be a Better Runner, and has been featured in major media outlets like Runner's World, Competitor, The Huffington Post, and Lifehacker. If you follow him on Instagram, and I'll drop his handle into the show notes, you'll find he's also a huge fan of having fun and playing on playgrounds with his three kids. I'm really excited to bring today's episode to you because I only know like a tiny, tiny kernel of running. But the coolest thing about running is that it pretty much costs nothing. You can head out there uh, with shoes or maybe even without shoes if you're wild and crazy and get started with running. It's a great way to move your body. It's a great way to see the world. And it's pretty low barrier to entry. So I'm really excited that Jason will be sharing today with us ways to make running something that can be a part of your regular day-to-day routine. And how to have running not be something that keeps you injured, that you're constantly trying to recover from, but something that you can excel at and enjoy. So on to today's episode. All right. Today we have Jason Fitzgerald of Strength Running, and I'm super excited to have Jason with us because I feel like you fall into the camp of body nerd. Um specifically when it comes to running. So Jason, tell us, what do you love to get nerdy about? Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. And you're right. I have long geeked out on running so much. I probably uh, have called myself a running nerd, you know, a thousand times. And, you know, we're recording this. You can probably see the bookshelf behind me with all of these, uh, you know, all these running books that I've had and and read over the years. Running medals too. (laughs) Yeah, there's some medals there. (laughs) A lot of them are just finisher medals. Um, but yeah, I've really got interested in the science behind training that runners do to get better. So, you know, I got so nerdy about training theory, exercise science, biomechanics, and all the different, you know, fields of study that impact our training decisions and the structure of our workouts and really how our training is set up. And, and I think that was maybe to the detriment of my college cross-country coach who always had to listen to my inane questions about why are we doing this workout? Why didn't we do it last week? What is the purpose of this particular training session? And so, yeah, he had a, 
deal with a lot of my questioning <laughs> at the time. But, you know, it really instilled in me this, this big appreciation for doing things the right way and making sure that you have a process and a goal and that you're working strategically toward that goal. Because I think there's a big difference between exercise and training. You know, exercise is what you do if you just want to stay in shape. You know, maybe you want to lose a couple pounds. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you have a specific athletic goal and you want to run a race at a certain time, uh, or maybe you want to qualify for uh, the Boston Marathon or run a new distance, now we're talking about training. And now we have to structure our running in, in a very strategic particular way to force our body to adapt and get stronger and really become the runner that we want to to become. So I've I've always long geeked out on the training fundamentals that help runners get faster and stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so important to have a plan because that's the difference between just kind of, you know, stumbling around in the dark. Um, and even with exercise too, I think sometimes people just kind of stumble around and they do something because they saw it on Instagram versus having that plan, which is actually going to get you where you want to go. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, the the plan is the difference between, you know, kind of walking up the ladder of increasing fitness versus just kind of jumping from branch to branch in a tree and never really going up or down. You know, you're not going to progress if there's no progression in your plan. You're never going to get better if you're always doing the same thing every single time that you go out there and run. So there needs to be periodization and progression and all those things that help runners get better. Mm-hmm, totally. And for yourself, like, do you, I'm, I, I have an idea of what the answer is, but curious to hear it in your words. Like, is your goal shifting based on, you know, what races or whatever is on the horizon? Yeah, I think the goal, I mean, a lot of runners just have the goal of, I want to be a fast runner. And so the goal is always to get faster. And for me, you know, personally, that was always my goal when I was training really competitively and and trying to see what I could really do in any kind of race situation. My goal was, I want to see how many personal bests I can set. It doesn't matter the race distance, you know, 800 meters, the marathon, everything in between. I even got into some different types of races like uh, triathlons, duathlons, the steeplechase and track and field, which is a wild event. I recommend it if anyone can train for it and do it. Um, But yeah, your your goal necessarily needs uh, training that is specific to it. So, you know, with runners, you know, we like to say that fitness is fitness and that if you get in really great shape for the 5K, you only have to tweak a couple different things to then run a great marathon. So as long as you're working on improvement, if that's the general goal, then the training can simply be more specific and tailored to the event that you happen to be training for. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting to think of, you know, if you can run a 5K well, that it's just a little tweak to go to those longer distances. I never thought of it that way, but now I'm like, oh, light bulb moment. Yeah. You know, it's funny. A lot of, a lot of folks ask me, your first marathon was 244. How did you do that? And I just simply say, well, I, I had already run a 433 mile at the time. Did you think I was going to run a five-hour marathon? You know, I, that's the thing. Like if runners can demonstrate that they are competitive, then if they do the training for whatever other race distance they might want to do, then, you know, you're, you're going to have a roughly equivalent performance. And so the name of the game is just getting your times down in whatever race it might be. Because if you spend a year 
working on your 5K, for example, and you improve by four minutes or five minutes, you know, big margin in only a 3.1 mile race, you know, the next time you run a marathon, you're at a different fitness level. You have just run, you know, more than a minute per mile faster for a three mile race. That is an enormous improvement. And that tells me that you're ready for an enormous improvement in the marathon. Now it requires higher mileage. It requires that you do those longer runs to really build up your endurance that you can cover all 26.2 miles of the marathon. But the idea, the principle is the same. Fitness is fitness. And if you get fast in one race, you're probably going to be fast in a different race too. Mm-hmm. Now my running started with uh, a half marathon. I was like, Oh, I should just go run a half marathon. Right? Like I don't really need to train that will be fine. Um, which is a terrible, terrible idea. I don't recommend it for anybody. Um, but for my listeners who maybe are just running like super casually right now, like what's one piece of advice that you think is critical foundation, foundational knowledge to know when running? Now, is this for training for a race like a marathon or a half marathon, or is this just generally speaking, you know, what kind of advice do you have for the runner who, you know, wants to stay healthy or get better? Well, let's say like a 5k. So there's, you know, some competitive edge in there, but starting with a, you know, a shorter distance. Well, I think maybe one of the most beneficial things that runners can learn, and and this is actually a little counterintuitive, is that if you want to get faster and you're a beginner, then you're most limited by your endurance. So to get faster, we just need to gain a little bit more endurance because all of us can probably walk outside right now and run five-minute mile pace. It might be for a second. Maybe some of us can hold it for 10 seconds. Maybe if you're really good, you can hold it for a minute or two. So the idea then is let's work on extending the time that we can hold on to that fast pace. And so simply by running higher mileage, by working on very gradually over time, boosting the number of miles that you run per week. And then, you know, gradually over time too, working on getting your long run up, running higher mileage during that one run per week, that's a little bit longer than all the others. You're going to see enormous improvement by doing just that. And I think the big mistake I see a lot of beginners make is that if I want to race fast, then I need to train really fast. And so most of their runs are, you know, at a hard effort, or they might run three hard days during the week where they're trying to do some kind of a speed workout. And if you're just getting started with running, then you really need to dial back the intensity, build that foundation of just general endurance first. And you're going to be surprised at how quickly you start improving, even with just a lot of easy running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is amazing advice. Cause I know so many people were like, yeah, so today's my first day running. So I ran for an hour on the treadmill and I'm like, but, but why? So that's also helpful about having, you know, a goal, like what is the purpose? Cause that's going to determine how you go about it. Yeah, absolutely. You don't necessarily have to, uh, you know, be swinging for the fences on day one. In fact, you know, when I write a lot of custom training programs and and I have runners tell me, you know, what kind of workouts have you been doing over the last month? Because I kind of want to see what their fitness level is like. And very often I have to dial their workouts way back because they might be four months or maybe even longer out from their goal race. And let's say it is a marathon you know, this is a long, relatively low intensity race because of its distance. And when you're five months out from marathon and you're starting your marathon training, 
those workouts should be relatively easy. You know, they should be aerobic in nature, not, you know, those, you know, lung busting VO2 max kind of workouts where you're running 5k pace or faster. You know, we need to dial things back so that we don't get burned out. We don't get overtrained. We don't risk an injury. So yeah, dialing runners back and doing workouts that are appropriate for their goal and for where they are in the season is another important part too, is one of the things that I think I help runners with the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And for yourself and whatever you're working on now, like what are your favorite ways to mix up your training, whether it's running or, you know, other types of workouts that you do? Well, I'm fortunate to live in Denver, Colorado. So I am a relatively short drive away from some of the best trail running in the country. So I switch it up by getting out in the mountains and just exploring new trails and and seeing just new summits. It's just so beautiful here that, um, you know, from a, a mental perspective and also just from a physical perspective, you're getting so much variety from a trail run and you can't beat the views uh, you know, maybe the mountain lions I'd, I'd rather do without, but, uh, <laughs> there's, there've only been two attacks in the last year. I think we're, I think we're okay. Only two. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hike with coyotes and I'm always like, Hey, we can share this space. It's okay. And it's usually not a big deal. Oh, wow. That's kind of scary. Do they ever approach you? No, I there. So I live in Los Angeles. Griffith Park is very close. It's a very urban park, but it's like the only open space in Los Angeles, really. Um, and they are so just like hungry and kind of pathetic looking that I think they're just as scared of us as we are of them. I usually have my dog with me. So I'll scoop her up and sometimes go the other way. Other times I'm like, hi, you can, you know, go get your bird and we'll just, you know, walk quickly past you, but not run with my dog in my arms and knock on wood so far. So good. Wow. That's, that's kind of crazy. I've seen one coyote here in Colorado, but usually, usually we're talking about snakes or mountain lions or bears. That's uh, it's a little scary when you get out into the, the back country. Yeah. Coyotes like compared to bears and mountain lions, not that scary. <laughs> Um, so you had an Instagram post that I really liked because it goes along the lines with something that I tell my clients all the time, which is to keep it simple. It's so easy to overcomplicate things and then decide that, oh, it's all too hard. I, I can't do anything. Um, so can you share a little bit more about your, the way you love to keep things simple? Yeah, with running, I mean, I think there's a couple big principles, some big ideas that if you can really get these ingrained and remember them and apply them to your training, then, you know, you can keep your running, uh, you know, moving in the right direction, you can stay healthy, you can keep improving without, you know, making yourself, you know, crazy trying to do, you know, 75 different strength exercises every week and always trying to create these super complex, crazy workouts um, you know, one of the big things is that, you know, like we were kind of talking about before, mileage matters. How much running you're doing at any given time is a really good indicator of what you might be capable of achieving. And, you know, like I said, most runners, in particular beginner runners, they're most limited by their endurance because they haven't been building that aerobic metabolism for years and years with mileage and aerobic oriented speed workouts and, you know, long runs and running a lot of hills. You know, these things really build up the aerobic metabolism in such a great way that, you know, there's there's really no hidden workout or magic secret to training runners. Uh, building that base of endurance is probably one of the most valuable things uh, that runners can do. The other thing too is, you know, kind of when I'm talking about high mileage and running a lot, and I kind of sound like this hardcore coach. On the other side of the coin, 
you know, most of that running, in fact, probably 10 to 20% of it, uh, only 10 to 20% of it should be fast. So the vast majority of your running should be relatively easy. You know, we're not going to be running super hard most of, most of the days of the week. And a lot of runners are surprised by that. You know, they're like, oh, wait a minute, I have five days of running a week and I only have one speed workout. It's like, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> most of your running should be easy. Uh, you're not training for a race that demands a ton of speed. And you're simply not there yet as, as an athlete. You know, there's tons of runners who can do two hard days a week, but for, the, for most athletes, you know, 10 to 20% of their mileage is, is roughly where they should be at in terms of uh, how much speed work they should be doing. So run a lot, limit the speed work to 10 to 20% of your mileage. And, and I think the other thing too is uh, let's focus on strength. Let's not be one-dimensional athletes where we're only doing some running. We're only focusing on that aerobic metabolism because that's a really good way to get injured. You know, I, in fact, I don't even like to tell runners that strength training is cross training. It's just part of the training that you have to do as a runner. And so it's really important for injury prevention reasons, but also just for improving your running economy and improving your power and ability to kick at the end of a race, you know, great skills that every runner is interested in having and strength training is kind of the key that gets you there. So I think if you just remember those three big picture principles, you know, run as much as you can, but most of it easy. And don't forget your strength training, then you're going to get most of the way there. And then once you're, you know, running some great times and you want to geek out on the training and really get nerdy about that, then we can start making things more complex and adding in, you know, different types of, you know, more structured workouts that require, you know, a track maybe, and you know, require some familiarity with these kinds of workouts. But, you know, we don't have to make things too complicated, especially at the outset. Mm -hmm. I love that you said strength training too, because for people who are dealing with, you know, chronic injuries or, um, you know, just like recurring aches and pains, strength training is the key to that as well. So basically what I'm hearing is whether you want to run faster or just feel better, you should also be doing some strength training. Yes. What, what are your favorite strength workouts? So uh, I think runners can kind of think about strength training the same way they think about their training. So, uh, or their run training to be more specific, you know, your running is, is kind of, you know, if you have a race, maybe four months from now, what you're doing now is relatively easy. And then the volume builds, the intensity builds as well. And then you taper for your race. That's kind of general periodization and how training is structured for runners. Strength training can be uh, structured in a very similar way where, you know, the beginning phase of a training program is going to be relatively easy. You know, you're not doing Olympic lifts or very explosive kinds of strength training, but you're just building that general foundation of strength. And that's really great for injury prevention reasons. And then of course it makes the more challenging lifts that come later much more uh, manageable and doable for you. Um, now in terms of specific workouts, you know, the basics work. We should keep it simple as runners. You know, our strength training should complement and support our running rather than detract from it. So for example, if you're so sore uh, after a lifting session that, you know, you can't run the whole mileage of your run the next day, or you can't hit the, the splits that you want to hit in a workout, that's a good indication that you probably lifted too hard and we should dial back the intensity. Um, you know, and in fact, you'll probably be really surprised to hear this. I actually tell my runners that they should not call themselves runners. We need to call ourselves athletes that specialize in running. And mm -hmm. this is, 
you know, maybe you say, oh, this is just semantics, but it's a powerful way to reframe how you think about yourself so that you're not just going to be doing a bunch of running. We're going to be doing drills and dynamic flexibility exercises and strength workouts. And so there's a lot that goes into the training of a runner besides just the running. And I think for recreational runners or those runners who, you know, maybe haven't had organized experience and sport on a team, uh, they started maybe later in life, you know, that sometimes comes as a shock that, oh, runners run, right? Well, it's like, sure, but do basketball players only play basketball? Oh, and then they're like, oh, wait, I guess they don't. They're in the gym, they're in the weight room, they're seeing the trainer, they're doing all kinds of other rehab work. There's so much that goes into it. And uh, when runners can think of themselves that way, that makes it much easier to do the strength work because they know that they're not just a runner, they're an athlete. And so those strength workouts, you know, the fundamentals are the most important. So, you know, once you're comfortable, maybe with some body weight exercises, uh, you maybe you've gotten your mileage up to 20, 30 miles. So we're generally looking for someone who has some kind of physical capability. Then they can get in the weight room and the fundamentals work. Squats, deadlifts, uh, once they're, you know, get into some more advanced exercises, maybe they can do uh, presses and Olympic lifts, snatches, cleans. Uh, jerks, those kinds of exercises. But we should keep it pretty simple. There's a lot of variations of those exercises that you can do, but we certainly don't need to be doing all kinds of, you know, crazy uh, accessory work and things like that. We don't need 80 different exercises in our strength program. You know, if we stick to, you know, four to six fundamental movements uh, that really prioritize strength and power and force production, we're going to be much better runners. Mm -hmm. And even just that mindset shift of thinking of yourself as an athlete, even if, you know, whether it's running or strength training or whatever it is, like everybody's body has the capacity to be an athlete. And when you think of yourself that way, the decisions you make about how you train, how you recover, how you fuel are different. You're just thinking of yourself as like the sports car that you really are, you know? Yeah, no, I like the, the way that you put that. You're a sports car. And it really turns it into a lifestyle decision rather than this is something fun that I do for 30 minutes a couple times a week. You know, it really becomes a lifestyle where you have to worry about your sleep and what you're eating and your nutrition and your recovery and, and all those other things that go into making a good athlete. And, you know, I know I said you have to worry about, but I don't really think it's worrying. It's more, we're becoming a more complete, well-rounded athlete. And I think that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I'm sort of along those same lines, like what type of things are outside of running, like daily non-negotiables for you, whether it's a morning routine or something else that allow you to continue to show up and perform at your highest? So running, I think one of the most important things that makes it possible for me to keep going is, you know, what I call the sandwich method. And this is like something we do for our runs where we're going to sandwich the run in between a dynamic warm-up and a post-run strength or core routine. And this, this one little idea really packs a punch because you're getting in mobility work before your run. You're actually preparing for your run. You're war literally warming up for it. You're lubricating your joints, improving range of motion, opening capillaries. You're really doing so much to prime the body for exercise. Uh, and then afterwards, you're going to cool down with a strength or core routine. Now, this doesn't have to be, you know, lifting a barbell in the gym or in the weight room. You know, it could be even just 10 minutes of light strength work or even mobility exercises after the run. And, and I think this is great because it, 
it kind of ties in a lot of that, you know, athleticism and building the coordination uh, of an athlete into your training. So, you know, you're not just going to go for your run. You got to warm up for it. And that includes, you know, building a little strength, building a little coordination and mobility, and then building a lot more strength after the run with a more dedicated strength routine. So that one idea can really help runners prevent injuries because that dynamic warm-up is great for injury prevention. And of course, getting stronger is one of the best things you can do to prevent injuries. So for me, that's my non-negotiable. That allows me to keep running. That allows me to get more out of running because I'm not injured so much. And I think every runner knows just how terrible it is to spend a week or more on the sidelines, just kind of watching your fitness go down the toilet. It's just the worst feeling. It is. And it's so much easier to be proactive and do those little things sandwiched around your training than it is to be reactive, like you're saying, and then sitting on the couch for a week, boohooing. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I mean, if you get injured and you go to a physical therapist's office, you're going to be doing a lot of the same exercises and routines that Coach Jason told you you should be doing before you got injured during that warm up routine and during the strength and core routines as well. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, exercises that I think are really beneficial for runners, a lot of them are taken from the worlds of physical therapy. So, you know, we're doing them uh, when we're healthy, it's prehab. When you get healthy, you know, you're going to have to spend that copay for the uh, physical therapist to tell you to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just easier. Just do it now, you guys. Just do it now. Um, And what about recovery for you? Because I'm a huge fan of recovery, um, and doing body work and different sort of things that way. So what is perhaps like a frequency and also like what type of things do you do to keep your body healthy? Yeah, I think the, the most important thing to keep my body healthy and to recover well is just to make sure that I'm doing appropriate workouts. You know, it's like the person who goes to run on the treadmill for an hour when they've never run before. You know, what's the best way to recover from that? I don't know if there's a good answer to that. The best thing they could have done is a more manageable, shorter, easier run. And so I think recovery always starts with what you're trying to recover from. And it should never be too grueling or too long of an effort to make recovery nearly impossible. So once you get the training right, so that you're not doing anything, you know, uh, too demanding of you, you know, my old coach used to say, let's avoid the three twos, running too soon, too fast before you're ready for it. Um, And so then it becomes, if you're doing manageable training, how do we recover from that? And, And the first stop is always looking at your sleep. Sleep is the number one recovery strategy at your disposal, it's like 80% of recovery. So if you don't get sleep right, you know, forget about the foam roller or the massage ball that you have. They're not going to do anything if you're only sleeping four hours a night. And so recovery is so much more than simply, um, you know, rolling out soreness or trying to dig into a muscle and, you know, work some scar tissue out. You know, recovery is, is hormonal. Recovery is about your mood and your emotions, and you get all that from sleep. So let's practice good sleep hygiene habits. Uh, Let's optimize our sleep and try to get as much of it as we need, particularly when we're training a lot. You know, if our training is really heavy, that's a time to double down on sleep. And if you can, maybe you sneak in a nap here and there. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, I think uh, stress is one of the really big things that we have to look out for because stress is stress. You know, if you're uh, getting out of a really terrible relationship and you're starting a very challenging job at the same time, now is probably not the time to be in the thick of marathon training. You know, it's just going to be too much for you to handle and you're never going to recover from your 
running workouts because you're so stressed in every other area of your life. It's probably going to impact your mood. It's going to impact your sleep patterns, and you're just not going to recover well. Uh, And then the other thing, and this is going to be hard, especially in 2019, is to focus on relaxation whenever you can. You know, have, have something that you do every once in a while. Maybe that's once a week at a minimum. Maybe it's a couple times a week, if you're lucky, every day, where you just get to relax for as little as 10 minutes, maybe as long as an hour. And, you know, this could be as simple as, as putting your feet up on the couch and reading a book. That is so helpful for recovery that, you know, I think it's, it's equal physical as well as mental too. And, you know, it was very interesting. I had a conversation with Christy Ashwanden on my podcast and she just wrote a New York Times bestselling book on recovery. And it's interesting because the recovery methods and strategies that she looked at in her book, things like cryotherapy or cupping or any of the kind of new ways that you can recover um, you know, foam rolling and massage and those kinds of things too, you know, they can help a little bit, but they just pale in comparison to some of the big, big picture things that you can do in your life, like reducing stress and sleeping more and, and carving out time where you can just relax and, and be disconnected. I think those are the three most important things. Oh my gosh. Yes. I was like, rewind this episode and listen to that again and do everything he just said because sleep too, it's free. You know, people complain, oh, well, it's too expensive to do this or I don't have that tool. Just go to bed earlier and sleep more soundly and like, you'll be golden a hundred percent. Yeah. You don't need to make things too complicated for sure. No, keep it simple. Yes. I love that. Well, I think that I know I have a ton of stuff and ideas in my head. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm an athlete. I can be running now too, even more. Um, so where can my listeners find you if they want to learn more? Well, thanks. My home base is strengthrunning.com. That's where I have uh, the Strength Running blog that's been going since 2010. Uh, there's links to the Strength Running podcast as well there. And we do have a lot of the, you know, I talked a lot about strength routines and mobility routines and strength workouts. You know, these are also on strength running. So if you, I think if you search the blog for dynamic warm up, you'll come up with a couple different options and there's video demonstrations too. And so this sandwich method is, is really valuable. And, and hopefully if, you know, your, your listeners get one tip from this conversation, it's that they can start sandwiching their runs. And so, yeah, search for dynamic warm up on the blog. You'll come up with a bunch of different examples. Uh, and then there's also a bunch of different strength and very runner specific core routines that I have on the blog as well. So that's definitely my home base. And, uh, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at Jason one, if you want to connect there as well. Yeah. Awesome. And I can second the idea of your website. It is so robust. There is so much good information on there. I was in a rabbit hole for a little while reading a bunch of articles. So definitely go check out his website, go follow on social media, go hang out. Let's all go for a run. Thank you, Jason, so very much. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. And a huge thank you once again to Jason for taking the time to talk with us today. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, I want to hear about it. So subscribe to The Body Nerd Show. Make sure you go check out Jason's podcast too, The Strength Running Podcast. And make sure you leave a five-star review for The Body Nerd Show. No four stars, no three stars. We're only looking for five stars here. (laughs) But definitely let me know what you thought of today's episode and what your favorite part was. Also, make sure you're following on Instagram. I'm Hala Formala. I share some really fun stuff and there's a lot of Instagram stories of my dog. She makes regular appearances. But all in all, let's spread the word that your body is cool and you can change the unchangeable. Whether you want to get out of pain, you can do it. If you want to get stronger, you can do it. If you want to have a faster marathon time, well, now we know how to do that. Have a fantastic rest of your week and I'll talk to you next week. Life without pain is possible. And if you're ready to break up with all the things that are only giving you temporary relief, I've got just the thing. Head on over to bodynerdshow.com to download a checklist with nine simple things to soothe yourself when you're in pain. It doesn't have to be complicated and it won't take you more than 15 minutes a day. Mm-hmm.